Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that doesn't even make sense. Why should I forgive somebody when they refuse to repent? Well, here's why. Because it's good for you, not for them. Understand this. If I forgive somebody, my responsibility, if they refuse to repent, regardless, if they go, no, I'm not going to do it. I have to understand that keeps me free from unforgiveness and bitterness If we live among people, it is inevitable that there will be misunderstandings and hurt feelings. The world tells us, don't get mad, get even. Jesus says to forgive basically as many times as God has forgiven us. We all know that it's hard to maintain a cordial and honest relationship with someone who either we haven't forgiven or know we have done wrong. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the necessity to live our lives as Jesus lived his. He provided the ultimate example of forgiveness when, while on the cross, he forgave his executioners. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 17 with part one of his message, Discipleship in Action. There's a couple of places in our scripture today that will fit parents. Jesus is going to teach us about four different principles today. The first area that he's going to address is relationships. Now, as I was studying this, relationships is simply people relating to other people. When I was studying this, I'm thinking, why would Jesus have to have a teaching on how people relate to other people? I mean, we're all people. We'd never have any problems with people. So why would he have to address it? Yeah. I mean, really? Living with people, working with people, attending church with people? It's easy. In the home, it's very easy. There's never any problems with people. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Let me see. If you've had problems with people. Let me just see your hand go up. Okay, look around you. Good. Maybe they're here. We'll address that later. Those of you that didn't raise your hand, you have a problem with sin, so you need to get to the altar today. Well, of course, my dad used to teach me, you know, he's a pastor for more than 50 years. He used to teach me more people, more problems. But then he said, more people, more blessings. That's really the way life is as we go through. So watch what happens when Jesus talks about relationships. Look at verse one. And Jesus said, 
to his disciples. Let's stop right there. Who's teaching us this morning? Jesus. Jesus is. Not me, so don't get mad at me now. Jesus said to his So who is he teaching? Christ followers, disciples, you, all of us together. Now, the Pharisees are there. He's not really focusing on them. There'll be one kind of allusion to them. Then he says this. Things that cause people to sin are bound to come. Let me just stop right there. What is he saying? If you think you can live life without some people problems, you're wrong. They will definitely come. Now, how did Jesus know that? Well, he had 12 disciples. You remember them? Always arguing with each other, saying, man, he already knew the whole deal. So he knows us. Because of our sin nature, we can be those kind of people. And from time to time, we are those kind of people. So he says, don't think you're going to be able to go without it. Then look what he says. But woe to that person that causes another person to sin. Woe to them. In other words, if you're the person that's causing them to sin, there's going to be, if if you wrong somebody and they sin, woe to you. Remember that Christianity, he's going to talk about Christians basically, we're family. In fact, the Bible says we're the body of Christ. We don't live private lives. We don't just live to ourselves. We just don't come to church, go home, don't have anything to do with any other people. No, we interact with believers and unbelievers. In fact, the Bible is filled with these commands. They're called the one another commands. Love one another, exhort one another, admonish one another, build one another up. And that's what we do. And now sometimes in problems like that, you'll see another one. We're going to see it today. Forgive one another. Now, when we talk about forgiveness, which you're going to see, this is the first one. See, the biggest issue with people is forgiveness and unforgiveness. You've seen that in your life. Some of you today are still struggling with that, with divorces, family, Mother's Day. Amazingly, sometimes when our families come together, there's things that haven't gotten along with families or whatever, and there's all kinds of things. If you really want to see problems in families, all you do is go to an individual who has passed away and the family comes together trying to see who gets what. And there's from that often bitterness, anger, and it affects all relationships. So it's the same in the church. There's all kinds of things we easily get hurt because we're people. And we sometimes one Christ follower will be wronged by another Christ follower and cause them to go into sin. Now, watch what Jesus says. And I did this in the New Living Translation. Take a look. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, same verses we read, just different translation, there will always be temptations to sin because we still have a sin nature. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? In other words, it's a serious thing to sin against another person, to basically have that person go into sin because we said something to them or led them astray and tempted them to sin. If you're a person, and you are, just like our car, our relationships sometimes need this ongoing maintenance and care. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So it's for all of us this morning. So here's what Jesus says in a way that you can understand it today. Don't become a stumbling block that results in another person sinning. When Jesus looked at the Pharisees, you're going to see in a moment that this initial part 
is focused on two different kinds of people. Jesus will use this term, little ones, in the next verse that we'll get to. Little ones. Now, what does he mean by little ones? Well, number one, he means children. He means children. Woe to you that cause a children to lose faith with God or not know God or sin. Woe to you. And the other little ones is not children. It's brand new Christians. People that just come to salvation. Peter, in the, his book, calls them When you become a Christian, if you're 90 years old, you're still called a baby Christian. And so with the Pharisees, here's what they were doing. People were getting excited about Jesus. And when they would go back to him and say, why are you the Pharisees? Why are you out there with that Jesus guy? He's not the Messiah. What's wrong with you? And they would get offended and say, oh, he's not really Jesus? Okay. And they just walk away from God. So he has that illusion there, and you'll see as well in a moment, he has the illusion of the new Christian that's trying to get discipled, and we can be a bad role model, as well as a child in the home where mom and dad are supposed to be role models, and as that child goes, they see what mom and dad say, and how they live is different. And so later... They just walk away from God. So Jesus is talking about some really important things. When you see that happening, look at the next verse. If I'm wrong by another unbeliever and that causes me to sin, look what Jesus said. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone, this huge round rock tied around his neck, than for him to cause one of these little ones a child that walks away from God because the parent has not done their role, a brand new believer that's come to Christ, but the person that's discipling him really says, well, you can't believe all the word of God. I know Pastor Mark will say that from the podium, but you know that's not really true. Notice what Jesus says. He said, those two people, he says, it's very important. In fact, if you're the one causing that person to sin, you know what that verse reminds me of? You take a big stone, you tie them to it, you throw them in the sea. It reminds me of a mafia movie. (laughs) Doesn't it you? Get that block of cement, tie them to them, bluff, overboard. Now, why would Jesus use that analogy? He isn't talking about killing somebody. Why is he using that analogy? Because a new believer, to cause a new believer to walk away from God because you're a hypocrite? What's the most important thing in a person's life? where they spend eternity. You and I, as parents, because our role model is terrible, that we actually cause our kids, when they get a certain age, to simply walk away from God. Don't want anything, that church stuff. Yeah, my dad was a deacon, my mom played the organ. But at home, it was a totally, I'm not interested. Now, there's no perfect parents. But see the challenge that Jesus is giving us? When we have brand new Christians, the church family has a responsibility to see those new Christians get into a starting point, get water baptized as we did just today. Hundreds of people were water baptized. We'll have pictures of it next week. So that's what Jesus said. But here's what I want you to write down. This is what Jesus is saying to the church as believers and to moms and dads. Here it is. Christ followers and every parent are to be trustworthy role 
models. See, a parent, a dad and a mom, a a Christian, a disciple, we're people of influence. People look to us. Children and new believers, new believers always look to other Christians for help. And they're going to trust you. Of course, if you're in leadership, they're definitely going to trust you. They're going to trust what I say. What if I start saying from the pulpit, well, glad to have you all here today. Really, there's some passages I like to read to you, but they're not really applying. It's, it, the word of God is not all the word of God. Do you know, and I won't tell you the church, so don't even email me. There's a pastor in this community of Brevard County that not long ago in his bulletin said this, uh, you just need to know I'm your pastor, but I don't believe all the word of God. That was in the bulletin. Now, when people walk away and go, I knew it, I knew it, they walk away, who's responsible? That pastor is responsible. Now, could that happen in a home where a mom and a dad say, well, church is not really important. You just be a good person, you'll get to heaven. No, that's wrong. Linda and I had parents that were full-on believers. Oh, they were far from perfect. None of us are perfect parents. Anybody here as a parent like to do some things over? Let's just raise our hands right now. Yeah, but it's too late. We, they know we're not perfect. I knew my dad wasn't perfect. But the reason I'm in ministry, I watch the integrity of my mom and dad. That played a big deal. Now, maybe you're here and you became a Christian and you didn't have Christian parents. But look how much God loved you. Somebody shared with you. You're here. And if that's you this morning and you're a parent, regardless whether you had Christian parents or didn't, here's what I want to say. Make a legacy in your home, mom. Make a legacy in your home, dad, and pass it on to the next generation. That serving God is the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. Pass it on. If you have nothing to pass on that's good, keep your mouth shut, parents. I'm serious. Don't talk down about the pastor. Don't talk down about the word of God. Talk about how good God is, because he is good. And you need to understand, you're responsible. As we dedicated children this weekend, that child that came into the home is a gift from God to point that child to God. Now, we can't make them do that, obviously. But you need to teach in the church. We need to teach new believers by our word and by our example. Same in the home. Now, look at as we walk through. Here's what I want you to write. This is for all Christians and all parents. Write this down. Be a spiritual Stepping stone by our lives and words. You see, not just a good sports person, good this, good that. It's wonderful to have your kids and all those kind of things. That's great. But there's a spiritual aspect that's more important than anything at all. So here's the next premise Jesus is going to go on to. If a Christ follower is wrong, why another Christ follower... Doesn't have to be a child, doesn't have to be just a Christ follower is wrong by another Christ follower. What should we do? Well, look at verse three. And I'm going to read it in the Balmer translation. Those of you who are new go, what, this, this pastor has a translation? No, just from time to time, I put a little something in there. And it's not true, so just hold on. Here we go. So, verse three in the Balmer translation. So, 
Watch for sin in the lives of every believer that you know. It is your responsibility as a perfect Christ follower to go and rebuke them openly in front of people. I like that verse. Is it Pastor Mark? Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm kidding. No, that is not the way you do it. Well, how do I do it? If I'm wrong by another Christian, what do I do with that? Well, here's another illustration. You go to a few friends and you say, I'm going to go and confront that person that's sinned against me. Now, I won't tell, well, I probably should tell you their name. Let me tell you their name. Now, I won't tell you what they did. Well, you won't be able to pray in this. Here's what they said about me. Here's what they did. Now, just keep it to yourself, all 20 of you, <laughs> because you can pray better. Is that the way we go? Uh, no, that is not the That's called gossip. And now you've sinned. Now, watch what Jesus says. Here's the real verse three. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, if another Christ follower sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And then Jesus, in Matthew 18, expanded it. Look what he says. He answers the question I just gave you. If another believer sins against you, go how? What does privately mean? One on one. Go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. What that's really saying as we move through this, you can see it. Since we're family, we're to lovingly go and confront another person. Now, why would we go? Well, the goal of going to another person, we're not the sin police. We don't go around looking. Well, there's one that I'm sure he's wrong me. He's wrong me. She's wrong me right there. No, we're not to sin, please. We're to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when we go, we're going for one reason. If someone here as a Christ follower has offended me, gossiped against me, said something wrong against me, I'm to go and speak the truth in love and say, you know, I've been offended. What you said about me is wrong. It's not true. It's not true. And I'm to do that with what goal in mind? To restore them. To get them walking back with God. Oh, I'm sorry, I believed a rumor. Yes, you did. It was wrong. And so we're to go with the goal of restoring them. Sometimes that's hard. Now, watch what happens. Notice what you saw there. If they repent, we're to forgive them. Now, here's the question. What if they don't repent? Forgive. You mean you don't want to say you're sorry that you did it? No, I'm not sorry. I don't care if it's a rumor or not. Kind of what I believe about you. Well, what am I supposed to do? Well, look what Jesus does in verse 4. Now, you won't like this, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day. uh Uh-oh. And each time turns again and asks for forgiveness. You must tell me. Forgive. Say what? That doesn't even make common sense. Now, if if they say every time you go, let's say seven times in a day, this person has done that to you. Seven times in a day, they've done that to you. And they say, oh, I'm sorry. And they go back and spread it again and spread it again. And seven times in a day. How many think they're really sorry? Uh, No. But what am I required to do? Forgive them. You say, Pastor Mark, that's like... Ridiculous. Well, you'll see what happens in a moment. 
The principle is not the number of times. It's member, and this is hard for us, love keeps no record of wrong. Now, when we think about that, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, think about you and I as Christians. He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, when you think about that, how many times when we ask for forgiveness, how many times does he forgive us? How many times? Okay, would some of you like to talk about how many times he forgave you this week? Anybody ask God to forgive you more than 50? Now, don't answer these questions, please. (laughs) Don't answer these questions. If it was 50, would he forgive you 50 times? Yes. Yes, he would. You see, the principle is not you or me. The principle is the role model, Jesus. On the cross, when the Jewish people put him there, the Romans crucified him. Other people talked against him. What did Jesus say from the cross? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Did they repent? No, they did not repent. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, that doesn't even make sense. Why should I forgive somebody when they refuse to repent? Well, here's why. Because it's good for you, not for them. Understand this. If I forgive somebody, my responsibility, if they refuse to repent, regardless, if they go, no, I'm not going to do it, I have to understand that keeps me free from unforgiveness and bitterness. You see, if I hold on to what hurt me because they refuse to say I'm sorry and they just walk away, I'm the one that's left still hurting. And pretty soon in my life, my unforgiveness, I'm not forgiving them for nothing. Pretty soon it turns into bitterness. We've all been there. When you got hurt and the other person refused to ask forgiveness, what happens to us? Unforgiveness and bitterness in my life because I refuse then to, I'm not, I'm not diff. Uh, they wouldn't do it. I'm not asking forgiveness. Unforgiveness in our life is like drinking poison and waiting for them to die. But we are dying inside ourselves. Now, this is strange, but I think it's important. As I'm teaching, this isn't a nice general principle. This is a principle for all of life. Because we get hurt. Divorces, marriages, relationships, work, church, you name it. And we have to make sure we're not the sin police, but we have to ask God, if that person does this, and I go to them with the goal of restoration, my heart's right, and they refuse over and over again, I still must forgive them. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us of Jesus' teaching about forgiveness and forgiving. It's a difficult lesson to learn and to put into practice. We naturally want revenge or to be able to feel vindicated. God's way requires that we show mercy and to leave any vindication or sense of justice to God, who is the final arbiter of all those sort of things. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue to teach about what it takes to be a true disciple of Jesus. We will hear more about the radical idea of not keeping a record of wrongs done to us. We'll also be told by Jesus that we should be quick to forgive and to be quick to repent. Pastor Mark will tell us from the scriptures that Jesus' disciples had difficulty with this too. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.